0: What is up, Internets? Welcome to the Randy King Live podcast, episode 34. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Randy King Live debate podcast. Uh, Thank you again for joining us on episode 34. So this is 34 weeks of me debating with people on the internet, and hopefully a lot of you are getting a ton of enjoyment out of this. Um, We've had some really good responses from our last few episodes, this is a re recording so uh, i had my friend we're gonna call him coach Powell on here because that's his marketing so we have my friend coach Powell on here he uh we had an amazing debate about uh the top we're gonna have but then my on my end the sound didn't work so this is a round two which so i expect some pretty slick stuff from coach Powell because uh, he has a he has a good idea of what's going on uh but before we get started i'd like everybody to kind of understand how the show works so maybe you have no idea who I am and you're just here to support Coach Powell because he put out a video that he was on and everybody loves to listen when he talks, including myself. So I need you to understand the show is a debate-based format, not a argument-based format. So what that means is very simply, we've agreed upon a topic ahead of time. We decided what side of that debate we're going to take. We are only on the free portion of the show going to debate our side of the topic. So uh, the topic we have um, is it on purpose beca- is polarized, so we have to our uh, debate our side. So we are not debating our actual thoughts or feelings, et cetera, et cetera, on this. Like some of that might come in, but the goal of this talk is to show the internet that we are allowed to disagree and still be friends. So... The show has a couple of rules. Rule number one is we start as friends. We leave as friends. I've known Coach Powell for a very long time, uh, more than lots of people on the show. So uh, I would love to stay. Yeah, it's been a while. It's definitely been a while. (laughs) So I would love to stay friends with him. So we don't want a stupid internet show to wreck that. Uh, Number two is I sent ahead of time a list of 15 logic fallacies that we're not allowed to use in the show. Now, while there are more logic fallacies out there, the 15 that we chose, um, the people here on the Randy King Live side, uh, these ones make sure the conversation keeps going. So, for example, one of the fallacies is circular argument. You can't keep going back to the same point over and over again in order for the debate to go forward. While there are other fallacies, a lot of people like to bring that up. Example, moving the goalpost is a logic fallacy. We're allowed to move the goalpost in the show because it makes really great talk, right? It makes the conversation good. So this is not an official debate. We're not uh, clocked or anything. The debate will be about 20 minutes. My guest will get up to four minutes through their opening statement, and then we'll go into it. If we are caught in a logic fallacy, so let's say, for example, Coach Powell catches me using, we'll keep using the circular logic example. It's like, Randy, you keep going back to the same thing of this. Uh, I have to take a page out of the great Rory Miller's book. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Meaningfully apologize. I'm, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use circular logic in that. That I'm going to secede my turn. I also like to toss a compliment out. Uh, after it just to keep the show fun uh the comment was going to be about the one set of headphones you were wearing because they look pretty awesome but you're not wearing them anymore so now i got to think i have to pick another one of your many reasons to compliment you um so and then we secede our turn if you the listener catch us in one of these logic fallacies that we missed because we're in the show um the debate is getting interesting and we're not paying as much attention to the rules as people tend to do uh feel free to send me a message on any social media platform at randy king live you can find me i am not hard to find Uh, Tell me where it occurred in the episode. If I can't debate my way out of it being a logic fallacy, I will promote whatever you want me to promote on all my social media channels. So you're going to help keep me honest and maybe get some free advertising out of it. So that's pretty cool. So pay attention. Look for the logic fallacies. If you want to know what those fallacies are, jump onto episode one, where I walk out all of the fallacies and explain the premise of the show. So I'm done. That's a lot of talking for me. Uh, I want to introduce my guest. So this is, again, my friend, Coach Powell. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: All right. Uh, so Coach Powell, yes, that is the, uh, I say, moniker that I use. Yes. So <laughs> when I wear the coaching hat. Uh, I am a um, former competitive athlete in the world of track and field. I was a member of the men's 4 by 100 meter relay team in Beijing, which were the 2008 Summer Olympics, uh, previous to that. Going backwards, 2007, I was a member of the men's 4x100 meter relay team uh, at the Pan-American Games. Uh, This team got a silver medal, so it came second. And going backwards once again, 2006, I was a bronze medalist at the Commonwealth Games, also a member of the men's 4x100 meter relay team. So I guess you could say evidence shows that I'm uh, really good at uh, working with a team. (laughs) Sure, yeah, I think so. So yeah, I've been a sprinter for a number of years. Uh, after my career as a sprinter, track and field athlete, I settled into a coaching position, uh, you would say formally slash informally with the U of A. So originally they had hired me to translate a lot of the technical coaching articles from English to French. And when I say technical coaching articles, uh, there were articles that pretty much had every and anything to do with health, wellness, performance, uh, largely performance. And then that, I parlayed that into a job with uh, a number of the varsity sport teams. So I believe I started with basketball, then ended up with men's football, uh, with football, and that uh, ended up move- I ended up moving over into women's soccer. And then I spent a year with U of a wrestling, University of Alberta wrestling, and then about three and a half, I believe four years with track and field. So that was a really good home for me. I uh, collected a ton of experience. Studying all the kinetics and kinematics of limb movement and stuff in various sports, and ultimately broke it down to finding a common denominator that we all uh, need help with movement, and we need to look at uh, we need to look at I'd say body prep and cognitive prep as uh, something that needs kind of more of a multidisciplinary approach. So uh, indirectly, I created. You know, we'll call it uh, that uh, multidisciplinary approach to training. So I, I now coach, coach athletes not only be uh, physically stronger, mentally stronger, and also consider uh, what work is being done when you're away from the gym and when you're away from the field. So uh, I call it tribe work. And yeah, now Coach Powell has a Powell tribe, a power tribe. Where <laughs> I, I like to use the term, I'm now using the term power to the people bringing power to the people, not just as a, a strength or force quality, uh, but uh, empowering people through movement, empowering people through a you know kind of provoking thought as it relates to the long-term game and the quality of life. Awesome. Yeah. So
0: I- Coach Powers a real Renaissance man as well. He's a fashion designer. He does a whole. You do everything. You're amazing at this. We'll make sure you promote uh, all the stuff after, and we'll we'll go deeper into this on final thoughts. Uh, but needless to say, uh, you're I, I, you are definitely a subject matter expert, and I am choosing to debate you in your field of expertise because I am dumb. So how the show? So you understand how the show works? We're doing a debate. So the topic that we chose for today is is anaerobic, or sorry, is aerobic capacity. So. A uh, long form cardio. Is it important to train when you're training for self defense? Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: Awesome. What side of the debate are you taking?
1: I would like to take both sides. No, <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> now
0: it's now it's just a podcast. I, no, I,
1: I <laughs> am for um, aerobic capacity development.
0: And so which by default, how the show works is I've taken the opposite side, which is I will be saying that you should be primarily training anaerobic capacity over aerobic capacity for this debate. So um, if you do want to hear more thoughts with Coach Powell, which I didn't promote yet, we have a second show called Final Thoughts. Unfortunately, that one you got to pay for. It's $5 US a month. Uh, Every episode that comes out every week has a final thought. So right now, there are 33 final thoughts on there, which is about another 20, 25-minute podcast on us going over the debate and then giving our actual thoughts and feelings on it. So if you are ready, sir, I would love you to start. You get up to four minutes to uh, lay the battlefield, and then I will play by the rules you set. Cool? All
1: right. All right. Uh, As mentioned, I am for the development of one's aerobic capacity. Uh, Why? Well, if we look at the aerobic energy system, it is the foundation. uh, uh, We'll say the foundation system involved in respiration, uh, airflow exchange of gases. Uh, If one does not have an aerobic capacity, then one would be closer to death. If someone's sure. aerobic capacity was very low, they'd be closer to death and it would be hard-pressed for me to see that someone could develop the other energy systems, be it ATP-PC, uh, which is the non-oxidative uh, uh, energy system, as well as the anaerobic glycolysis being a non-oxidative energy system. So, the I- I- in layman's, I'm saying that the aerobic system is is the foundation for the others. It also provides an opportunity for the other energy systems to recover after they've been burned out. So after um, exhaustion of the previous two that I mentioned, ATPPC and aer- anaerobic glycolysis. So uh, I think it would be essential for one to develop uh, the aerobic capacity prior to engaging in high intense bouts uh, that would be sustained by ATP, PC, and anaerobic glycolysis. So the order of operations is is aerobic capacity first, and then uh, the other two energy systems, most likely anaerobic glycolysis, uh, and then ATP-PC. So no aerobic capacity, big problems. Uh, (laughs) uh, Heart function, potentially not as adequate as you would need to be able to move into the other two categories uh, for energy systems, uh, circulation could be an issue. Um, red blood count cells, which facilitate transport of oxygen could be an issue. Um, your ability to exchange gases, uh, would be an issue. Therefore negatively influencing or impacting your ability to, uh, uh or your ability for cellular respiration. So yeah. And,
0: and, and, okay, perfect. All right, so this is a much uh, stronger opening statement than your last one, which terrifies me. That was very good. Uh, So (laughs) I wish the other one worked. I'm gonna come across way better than the other one, but this is good. So a lot of knowledge dropped there. So I'm gonna have to counterpoint this because I have to counterpoint the show. So my argument is going to be based off of anaerobic capacity being the thing that you should primarily train. Now, all the systems are interconnected and they're not independent of each other. So obviously uh, development in one will usually develop the others. Over the course of time, there's obviously a more efficient way to do that. But my side of this debate is going to be off of a, three things. Number one is training for the environment you're in. Yeah. So uh, the stat I gave last time, but last time for you, not for the listeners, is uh, most street fights last. Uh, I'm actually amending it. Most street fights last 30 seconds to two and a half minutes. So that's the the stat I just looked it up again. Um. So within that place, if you're using the classic definition of aerobic capacity. Um, Aerobic capacity has zero factor in that because you're in your anaerobic system, whichever of the one one or two systems you said were there, the glycogen systems. So second thing, with all of the skill sets that you need for a self-defense situation, i.e. ground fighting, standing wrestling, potentially tools, striking, distance, all the things that you need... There's already so many areas we have to train in. If we can eliminate training the long form cardio and get the benefits from just the anaerobic that fits our situation, it's going to more likely exist in your training and you're more likely going to be able to do it. So actually I only have a two factor uh, statement. So factor one is train for the environment you're in, which is 30 seconds to two minutes from everything I've read in my much lower than your educational level of this uh, is that that that's none of that is aerobic capacity um the types of stuff they're doing in there are all atp based they're quick bursting things ie sprinting pushing pulling twisting and training time if you are training for self defense which you should be if you're listening to the show uh there's so many skill sets you have to acquire that you're going to get a lot of the auxiliary stuff for the anaerobic with the other training so you should be focusing your workout time on developing that higher threshold coach bow
1: okay so uh i Am I allowed to agree?
0: You're and allowed to I, agree, but keep, agree? but they keep your point. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um, I'll say yes and no. One, if you're saying you want to train specifically for this fight, and uh, you know, you say the fights generally last between thirty seconds to two and a half minutes, mm-hmm. um, so, and the activity would be more fast and short, and potentially, um, or how about this? High intensity, short duration to yes. to high intensity uh, and slightly longer duration. But not really low intensity, steady state. Right. So uh, you'd get the effect of really training or increasing the uh, the, the motor of the uh, of the first two energy systems being ATP, PC, and anaerobic glycolysis. But in the recovery time, because I'm sure you can't explode for longer than two and ha- that that two and a half minutes in the fight. Uh, so therefore, when you're at training, I mean, the fight and training shouldn't be that much different apart from. Uh, let's say potentially panic threshold and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you know, there's potential for death. Whereas if you're in a controlled environment at KPC studio, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not quite the same, but uh, would you not be as a as a byproduct, would there not be aerobic development? Because in the event where the individual is exhausted, the first two energy systems by default, they're gonna, um, whether they're moving or not, um, they're going to default to the oxidative system, and the ability of the oxidative system uh, will, de- can largely influence how soon they're ready to play again. Mm-hmm. So, I'll say the secondary byproduct of training is there's gonna be aerobic, de- there There should be aerobic development.
0: Right, so, so and I, I can't disagree with that, But I'm definitely going to use the definition we use for the show, which is should you be prioritizing or is anaerobic important or is is aerobic capacity important for – I keep getting mixed up. Is aerobic with air, not and without air. Is aerobic capacity necessary for training for self-defense? And so that's the the stance I'm taking is no because – not for for the show. Is no because um, the the way that these fights work, the way these situations are, they – tend to, they tend to be this quick burst of energy, yeah. and all training is going to develop your, aer- your aerobic system. Like you said, they're all interconnected. I can't be yeah. like, I'm just going to do this. So yeah. if the capacity will be there, I'm saying they should prioritize the anaerobic training for the fight that they're going to be in.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, would you always, a uh, question for you is, yeah. if you started coaching an individual to prepare for the potential street fight, um, yeah. or the potential event for them to, where they have to defend themselves, The first thing that you do, would you introduce them to high intense, um, uh, fight simulation work, or would you teach, would you focus on teaching the skill, uh, skills through the movement skills at a slower pace, low intensity, steady state?
0: Yeah, so correct. So I I don't know if I would teach them even under the low intensity, I wouldn't even say the word intensity to be in there. So I would train the movement pattern at a slow rate. Yeah. Uh, not, not for long periods of time. So definitely still without like, so they, they do a movement. They probably wouldn't even be sweating to be honest to start, but then we do even at the the, the gym that I train and most of my modalities, we do get them into an anaerobic capacity within like three hours. Okay. So. We take them super slow. They get moving and warmed up. So I, I guess I can't argue. They're, they're, there's air involved. They're breathing. <laughs> so the anaerobic capacity is there, yeah. right? But it's but again, the crux of my debate is that's not what we're trying to train. Right, we're, right. we're focusing on the movement pattern so they can perform the movement pattern at that higher state.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, all three energy systems are they're working at the same time. Yeah. Uh, they don't work independently so it's just one system as you say will dominate uh based on the situation which is based on the intensity even based on the fiber type and based on the training age or training history of the individual so for example you'll see sprinters who will max out um an atp pc and anaerobic glycolysis Um, but their vo2 max test which Test the aerobic capacity; they may not perform so well there versus their, you know, the the counterpart being the distance runner who will have a very high VO two max and um, may not be as efficient with the first energy system, um, but see some pretty good development in the second energy system. So, uh, I think at the the end of the day, there's a debate. I mean, obviously, we're debating both sides. And I think that's right. That's a great, uh, this is a great discussion. Um, I I was, sorry, I was about to catch myself in a fallacy. Ah, okay, good, good. (laughs) I'd like to say, (laughs) Randy, your Batman t-shirt looks amazing. Thank you. My
0: dude, chest day.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, I rather enjoy the beard. Oh, do you? And,
0: oh, okay, good. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and I would like to uh, uh, I would like to extend the floor sure. uh, over to or hand the floor over to you so that you can continue the slaughter. It, Thank,
0: oh, sure. This is a slaughter. Thank you very much. So, uh, okay. So the question: You were using the examples of the sprinter and the uh, and the the long distance runner. How much long distance running did you do as a sprinter? And how much of your time was dedicated to that aerobic capacity when you were working in that anaerobic state?
1: Uh, so the general preparedness phase, which is the initial phase of training that usually lasts anywhere from two to six weeks, we, we, uh, spent that time doing aerobic capacity work. So non-specific work, but we did that in order to, uh, for many reasons, one to influence, uh, respiration, um, to, uh, well, strengthen respiratory muscles, uh, for, to see an increase in in red blood count, or no, red blood count, or red blood cells. Yeah. <laughs> um, to influence uh, recoverability later on down the road by doing something called improving your functional range reserve, um, decreasing heart, um, decreasing uh, uh, resting heart rate. So all of this so that we can increase uh, our tank to be able to recover from the high intense work or work that would be done in the other two energy systems, ATPPC and anaerobic glycolysis. Um, for those who have a very poor or inadequate uh, aerobic tank, as I'm going to call it, for lack of a better term, they weren't really able to climb up in intensity and survive there long enough to accumulate enough work to be even, to even be good in those areas. Interesting. So the lower the aerobic... Um, Uh, plane, then you didn't really see that much development in the other qualities or in the other two energy systems. And that's seen very much so in, in lifting as well. Like when my fitness levels drop off, uh, so does my ability to tolerate load because my recoverability is not so great. So, um, the aerobic system, like I say, I call it the found. It's a great foundation or Mm -hmm. can provide a great foundation. From which someone can catapult themselves up into the other uh, and play around with the other other energy systems Um, when one starts to fall off if you think about it if they work uh uh, dependently or interdependently um you are as strong as your weakest link because i know that there's sprinters out there who could definitely do with improving their aerobic capacity as a way to influence uh positively influence performance or at least training ability and then vice versa, where you have distance runners who spend a ton of time in the aerobic, uh, uh, the oxidative system, for lack of a better term, and they're slow as all shit. Right. So when they go to run, it's like their 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 ability to locomote across the ground isn't so great, but their tank is good. It's like, well, mm-hmm. let's improve the quality of ATP, and and that the, the speed work will be done using ATP, PC, and anaerobic glycolysis. And I have proof of that. Uh, a a first hand, excuse me, second hand experience was with one of my clients who at 46 years old ran his lifetime best at the Chicago Marathon. He came to me, uh, his name is Kevin Masters, and he owns Aerobic Power Training Systems here in Edmonton. And he came to me with a ton of volume, all very slow work, long, slow repeats. And I asked him to trust in me and he's an older gentleman, and I think that that possibly played a, a, a role in it. He was like, you know what, what do I have to lose? You know, I've been doing this triathlon thing and marathon thing for so many years. Whatever, I'll try something new. We would go to the, uh, the Butter Dome, the U of A indoor track, and I would have him do 200-meter runs. Like, I, we were doing races, like, distances um, that were uh, uh, less than or equal to 200 meters. Okay. And... I pretty much cut this guy's training volume in half and he was like he was disappointed at one point when I showed him the workout right anyways uh, uh, it was about four and a half five months later he runs a lifetime best at 46 years old the Chicago Marathon tells all of his clients who he you know because he owned aerobic power training systems where he would had he had a ton of, of distance runners triathlon triathletes anyways we ended up uh, creating something called uh, Edmonton run project cool And then we eventually worked alongside the running room and we were basically uh, I was teaching distance runners at a tap into the first two energy systems, ATP, PC and uh, anaerobic glycolysis uh, for many reasons. One more notably to improve running economy. I always say this, that and this I may be shooting myself in the foot, but teach someone how to jog. They probably won't know how to sprint. But if I teach somebody how to sprint, it will be easier for them to jog. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, that's exactly
0: that's, – that's, that's definitely on my side of the fence. Yeah. So I want to talk more about that in final thoughts. I want to get back to the debate because we're getting a little story yeah. for me right now. Uh, but so with that then, so with that set up, I'm just going to – right? So uh, that – no, I, and I agree, right? If you can do – if you can do something in maximum effort, you could do it at a minimum effort, but you can't do it vice versa. That just makes sense. Yeah. So I think then what I'm hearing, and I'm going to get you to answer, I'm going to ask the same question again, because you kind of dipped and dodged around the, the answer to the question. So once they have a general preparedness for, so once you had your general preparedness for sprinting, yeah. as a sprinter, how much time do you spend in that <laughs> aerobic system after the general preparedness?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh... Not as much as in the general preparedness. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs>
1: general to specific, and yeah, right. yeah the specificity is where um, where where you start sharpening sharpening that axe that you're going to use to chop that tree down.
0: Right. So I think then if I'm going to so, so I guess like I can debate both sides of this, and I definitely mm-hmm. want to walk on final thoughts. But I think that. We, we can't assume anybody has a capacity for anything, right? Um, and I want to tell a story of final thoughts about ex- agreeing with you, but I can't say it on the show. So, uh, but I think that if we're looking at the specificity of the situation, the jump, the push, the pull, the whatever, I think them performing at that high level will give them enough of an anaerobic recovery capacity It just by the consistency of doing it. So prioritizing the anaerobic training still in my head for the debate makes more sense because they're going to have that up and down, right? And so if I, like... I think we can uh, we could probably agree here. If I want something to get in shape, like obviously walking and doing stairs and whatever is gonna walk well, walking to walk upstairs, not running stairs. It's gonna help for the general preparedness. But if I get you doing a met con to use the hip CrossFit words, if I get yeah. you like a, a metabolic conditioning cycle three times a week, you're gonna get better at that cycle automatically, which will then just dip down into your ana- aerobic capacity. So why work the aerobic capacity when I can get that benefit?
1: There'll be a t- there'll be a point of diminishing returns. Okay, interesting. It'd be appointed. I, I believe this would be a point of uh, uh, from through experience. There's a point of diminishing yeah. returns. There needs to be novel stimulus, obviously. So w- let's say you decide that the first, or um, as you start to get really specific with the work, you yeah. um, there's an accumulation phase. You're accumulating more work. There's an intensification phase. You increase the intensity, um, and then there's a, dr- a slight drop off in volume. Let's say, but the intensity goes even higher to you know your max um max perceived exertion uh or, or yeah let's say max exertion relative to to everything that you have near absolute <laughs> yeah. um but how often can you work there right uh, if your recover if your ability to recover is very low then you're yeah. going to get less work done there to the point where and that's why we have unloads so right. you know build build crash recover right um and so I believe that unloading, um, is essential. Like if an individual wants to continue to beat up eight or do work in ATP, PC and anaerobic glycolysis and not consider developing or bringing up aerobic capacity, you're not going to get that much work done. If, if you had, uh, if you had no choice, then. I will side with you and say (laughs) that getting some work in an ATP, pc and anaerobic glycolysis to get some... You know those old uh, martial arts films where they seem to only train for like two days and become a master? (laughs) Something like, you know, uh, uh, not Bloodsport. Bloodsport, they played it quite well where he trained with this guy for a long time. But there's a ton of other uh, old uh, ancient karate movies and Thai boxing movies where they they, they go away on a trip and train for two weeks and they get really good. And everything seems to be very uh, intense. Perhaps, Perhaps. <laughs> I mean that is Hollywood, but <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, all right, so we got about two minutes left of the debate. So, uh, Coach Powell, why don't you give us your final thoughts on the subject, or not right. your final thoughts? Sorry, your closing statement. Final <laughs> thoughts cost money. <laughs>
1: yeah. Give me
0: your give me your closing statement.
1: Closing statement: uh, Poor aerobic capacity, uh, poor performance of the oxidative system. Uh, then you will not be able to overreach when it comes to the ATP-PC and anaerobic systems, or at least. Uh, Be able to recover from a lot of work being done in those areas. So aerobic capacity is a must uh, To increase do you focus on simply developing aerobic capacity over the others? Uh, We'll leave that for for Final final thoughts. thoughts. Yeah
0: Cool. So my my closing statement is literally the, is I'm going to say what you said is, uh, if I teach you how to sprint, you could jog, but I can't, if you teach you how to jog, maybe you can't sprint. Uh, and I think that's the the crux of my art, my debate or my, my side of this is that any training is good training. Get training. Like I I know there's bad training out there and everyone's looking for perfect. Don't just do something. That's way better than doing nothing waiting for perfection. If you have limited amounts of time, like most of us do as adults when you're training this, I'm not 23 and think I'm Batman anymore, despite the shirt. Right? Uh, I have, I got shit to do. I got to pick my daughter up literally after this. So uh, I have to be a functioning human. So I, I, I would argue that prioritizing your anaerobic capacity probably makes the most sense because of the situation you believe you're going to be in. Anyways, that was an excellent debate. Thank you so much, Coach Powell. So uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you?
1: You can find me right here. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna
0: hide my arms now. I'm just gonna do this for the rest of. The-
1: <laughs> uh, you can find me on. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at uh, Coach Powell, uh, CoachPow, C O A C H P O W underscore on Instagram. I guess I'm, I'm a lot more active on that social media platform. The uh, folks DM me questions, uh, send special requests for exercise performances, and and all that kind of stuff, I am currently working on setting up a consultation service for trainers, for PTs, so any personal trainer out there or group fitness instructor who may be feeling a little stuck when it comes to exercise selection and um, assimilating information from an assessment and stuff, and I'll have something for you in the near future, and for everyone, and not, excuse me, not for everyone, for a particular demographic, (laughs) I we we'll also have flagship programs, so 12-week flagship programs uh, because I have a ton of people who would like to train with me. I can't train them all, uh, but I'd like to help them all. So I'll be releasing uh, two flagship programs that will be uh, geared towards men and one geared towards women, uh, at least when we consider some of the common areas that women like to develop, the glutes. <laughs> so we'll be prioritizing some hip hip and knee dominant work and stuff but yeah so instagram CoachPow underscore and apart from that i have coachpow.com that website is currently down under construction behind the scenes but uh just stay close to my instagram and i'll be able to share uh some direction share where i'll be next awesome
0: and if you're watching this on video coach pow will be right under his picture so you'll have it the whole time awesome yeah exactly click below subscribe um i said this on the <laughs> damn they're do, you, up. do you
1: feel lucky <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: i said it on the last episode but i didn't say it on this one last episode the one you're never going to hear because the sound was bad everybody uh but ever there's ve- there's a lot of people i say this about because i have i'm very lucky I'm such a deep well of educated friends but when uh coach power talks about his specialty i would listen there's just no way around so thank you so much everybody for listening to the free part of the podcast if you'd like to join us on final thoughts there's a bunch of stuff i want to bring up um uh, usually on final thoughts, if you don't know what that is, it's on Patreon. So patreon.com slash Live, five US dollars a month. Sorry, Canadians, I know you're getting mad. It's eight bucks for you. Uh, but you come there and we're we're gonna come together on this. So uh, obviously, if you trade at any point in time, the answer is you gotta do both, right? And so we're gonna we're gonna walk that out on final thoughts. So hopefully I see you over there. And if not, thank you so much for listening to the Randy King Live Podcast.